Welcome to Financial Framework's second portion of a three-part conversation with Dr. Philip Giles regarding how the Federal Reserve has worked over the past 15 years to manage financial crises while safeguarding the United States financial systems. As noted earlier, Dr. Giles has taught money and banking, interest rates, and fixed income securities at Columbia University and to financial institutions in the U.S. and internationally. In the previous conversation, Phil described the Fed's mandates and how it met those mandates by expanding its role in responding to the 2008 global financial crisis, and he led us up to 2020. In this podcast, we will talk with Dr. Giles about what the Fed has done between March of 2020 and now to meet the economic challenges of COVID and other pandemic-related matters. This, in turn, will lead us into the final portion of our discussion, conversation number three, which is the Fed's response to inflation and a potential recession. We will talk about what's been happening in the past few months, and we'll talk about what might occur going forward. An added plug for this podcast to show the timeliness of what we're talking about here, one of the lead stories on Yahoo Finance on Friday, September 2nd, a column by Brian Chung, was why the Federal Reserve matters to you. That's what we're here about. Now, here's Phil Giles to outline quantitative easing in the past two years. So we're rolling along with free money from 2014, and you mentioned early 2020. Mm -hmm. I have done my homework, and uh, I've looked at the materials that you sent me before we started this conversation. Because as you remember from our days back in the 80s, I always did my homework before we had conversations. <laughs> and I noticed that on March 11th, the Federal Reserve was at $3.9 trillion Yes. on the okay. ass- asset side. And on April 22nd, they went to $5.5 trillion. Okay. That's a lot of money in a short period of time. Yes, it is. But basically, you might say that March of 2020 was a, a, a national, if not a global feeling, of its um, imminent doom. Uh, this was a COVID crisis. We had uh, lockdowns, um, uh, huge job losses, and so forth. And uh, the Federal Reserve says, we need to act. And so in the March of 2020, the Fed resumed the QE policy. Now, as I mentioned before, before between 2007 and 2014, uh, mainly due to the, Q, the QE1 program, the assets of the Fed went up from $1 trillion to $4.5 trillion, And it didn't, it didn't decline. Uh, so they maintained that asset at about $4.5 trillion. Then in March of 2022, because, excuse me, March of 2020, I'm sorry, the Fed, uh, because of the uh, COVID crisis, they began to rapidly enter into QE2, buying both mortgage-backed securities and treasuries. And uh, between March of 2020 and March of 2022, the assets of the Fed went from $4.5 trillion to nine trillion. Wow. And, uh, and virtually eight of the nine trillion, or more than that, 
our securities on the balance sheet of the Federal Reserve. So I'm assuming that a lot of that money, I mean, we've talked about uh, the federal government helping out with uh, payments to consumers. Their first, I think it was $1,200 and various other programs. But I'm assuming that the money that came from the Fed went into banks and supported economic activity that helped some businesses and some individuals basically stay afloat. Is that a reasonable assumption? And did banks lower their rates? What happened? Well, essentially, uh, we have, as you uh, know, and everybody else knows, uh, over long time periods, we, our economy grow, mostly grows, but at a certain time period, we have a downturn in the economy. And if the economy turns down uh, two quarters in a row, and the, the uh, number there is called real GDP, then that's defined as a recession. And we've had about uh, 10 recessions in this country since World War II and uh, followed usually by an expansion. Expansion periods are much longer than recessions. Yeah. Now, in March of 2020, uh, we had a very, very sharp downturn in real GDP. But because of the stimulus given by both uh, the Treasury and the Federal Reserve, that sharp downturn only lasted one quarter. And therefore, we really can't define it as a recession. That's right. It's defined as two quarters of a downturn in real GDP. Yeah. So go ahead, please, Michael. You showed me a graph, and that quarter uh, was just this huge spike down. Mm-hmm. And then the next quarter is a huge spike up. Yes. And that's because of the Treasury or the, the fiscal policy performed by the Treasury and monetary policy provided by the Federal Reserve. They, they brought the economy up, which is what they ex- ex- intended to do. Uh, to avoid economic collapse, frankly. And one of the things that's been implicit in all of what we've been talking about, but I think it should be made explicit, because we have uh, a variety of listeners that are pretty sophisticated and some that are new to this stuff, and that is that all of this activity that the Fed is doing is creating money. Is that accurate? That's exactly right. If you look at money... If you define money technically, it's defined as M's, M1, M2, and all that. Essentially, money is currency in the hands of the public, uh, which is the declining part over the today, and checking account or checkable accounts at banks. Now, when the Fed buys something, they buy it from a bank, for example, and they credit the uh, balance of the bank, um, and therefore the bank. Uh, has more cash to lend out, if you will. And um, so uh, either uh, the uh, M1, uh, either the uh, currency goes up or bank checking accounts goes up, and together then we have more money to spend. Which we have been spending. (laughs) We have indeed been spending. And as a matter of fact, uh, what's the big worry we have right now? It's inflation. We have a big concern about the rapid rise of, of groceries, uh, the rapid rise of, of housing, a rapid rise of automobiles and other products. And now the Fed is concerned about how to control inflation. 
And, in, and, and with that concern, then, they have begun to sharply raise their Fed funds target. And as we know, the Fed funds rate is uh, driven to the target by daily operations of the Federal Reserve. And interest rates have shot up very sharply from essentially zero uh, on the Fed funds to uh, between 2 and 3%. It's a very rapid increase in the Fed funds rate. Well, as, as, and as uh, I can show, uh, the Fed funds rate had a very strong influence on other short-term interest rates, such as the rate on uh, uh, three-month treasury bills, uh, the rate on, um, uh, for example, commercial paper that, that uh, corporations use for borrowing, and interesting enough, the rate that uh, corporations also borrow or individuals can borrow at the prime rate. And we can see that there's a very high correlation between the Fed funds rate and other short-term interest rates. So when the Fed uh, starts raising uh, the target rates for the Fed funds rate, other rates go up almost exactly the same amount and track along with that. And what's interesting is that uh, you have told me that the 75 basis points or three quarters of a point interest rates that the Fed is engaged in, they've never raised rates that rapidly in the past as far back as we can remember. Is that accurate? Yes, it is. Usually the Fed will will change the target by uh, 0.25% or percent or uh, 25 basis points. Um, a relatively uh, sharp increase would be a half percent up or down. And it's almost unprecedented, and maybe it is unprecedented, to see what the Fed has raised the Fed funds target by 75 basis points uh, three times since March of this year. That's a very that's, that's a very large increase, um, indicating a big concern by the Federal Reserve. Now remember, uh, the Federal Reserve has two mandates given to them by Congress. One is to stimulate the economy, and second is to control inflation. And right now they are very concerned about the inflation rate, uh, but uh, two two good things I could say. The, the last report of the, of the inflation rate dropped a little bit, and our inflation is not as bad as it is in the UK. And this is where it gets interesting. And this is uh, where I think that all of this background leads to a couple of questions that the $64 questions that everybody would love to have the answer to. And that is, even though that even though we've had these dramatic interest rate increases, economic activity, things are supposed to slow down, and that isn't happening. Corporate earnings are still pretty good. We've seen a little softening this week. Target's numbers uh, were not great. Ford uh, announced that they would lay off 3,000 people, but unemployment is not up. Firms are still hiring, and people are still spending money. So uh, do you want to talk about quantitative tightening in specific terms, because you've been describing it in general terms, and how that uh, is intended to avoid a recession? Thank you, Phil, for walking us through how the Fed funds rate touches 
just about any interest-related financial transaction in the U.S., and also the effects of quantitative easing over the past two years, while also setting us up for a discussion of how the Fed treats inflation. Financial Frameworks often provides listeners with questions to link these podcast materials to recurring financial decisions in their lives. Today, I'll give you two questions to consider before our next podcast. The first is built on today's information, and that is, can you name three financial decisions you made in the past two years in which low interest rates and your concern that they wouldn't last was a significant factor? The second question ties to what we will be covering in the next podcast. Can you think of one or two decisions you have made in the past three months, either buying or holding off on a purchase because of how you perceive inflation? And can you identify the major components of your thinking? That question, as I said, ties into our next conversation with Dr. Giles, as we will focus on how the Federal Reserve feels about inflation, what its response is, and discuss the hows and whys of their interest rate hikes. Both Dr. Giles and I will boldly go six inches out on the limb and share our thoughts, but not predictions, regarding the future. As always, thank you for listening. We hope this has been helpful, and we look forward to seeing you at our next podcast. Mike Lehan. Thank you.